You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Book Club on theoutdoorstation.co.uk. I'm Bob Cartwright, and in this podcast, I speak to author Michelle Waitsman, a Canadian living in New Zealand, about her first book, which is just being released on the world stage, entitled Sex in a Tent. Hmm. Well, after a little bit of research, I found the perfect track to set the scene.
a great track, I think, which sets the scene, and that's the remix of Bittersweet's debut single, The Mating Game, available on Promonit. Yes, sex in a tent. The book is big, it's bright, and it's full of information. Is the subject taboo? Or are us manly types in desperate need of any help we can get when romancing in the outdoors? Author Michelle Waitsman thinks we might be. The idea for the book actually came to me out of um, out of a personal experience when I first got together with my current partner. Uh, the first time we went camping together, we spent the night in his brand new tent. Things were somewhat uncomfortable in there um, for a variety of reasons, and I, I remember on our hike out in the morning thinking, "Geez, somebody should write a book about how to have sex in a tent," because I'd buy it. And um, and it was some time later that I thought, well, I, I could do some research and write that book if I talked to enough people. And and how have people been when you've been talking to them? The um, uh, obviously you, you you've you've cast the net wide, presumably using the internet to to reach out into people in different countries that have um, experienced different experiences in the outdoors. What, what's what's the reception been like? Um, it's been overall very positive and and a little bit surprising here and there. I mean, you do get the people who say, "Well, I couldn't possibly discuss my personal activities um, in a book," and then there are the people who are, you know, that's fine. Just make sure you use my real name because I want everybody to, you know, know who I am. Um, so I've had all sorts, but. You know, I've I've had some surprises where you know the people you think, oh, this is a grandmother. I'm you know not going to get anything interesting out of her. Uh, gets my openers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, certainly having gone through the book and looked at all those little little snippets and boxes on the side there, um, it's been it's been a, a reassuring um, read to see real people talking their own words. Uh, which I think is important, uh, and explain some of their experiences, some humorous, some not humorous, some a bit embarrassing, uh, as well as the obviously the main text. Yeah, things don't always go smoothly, and, um, and you know, whatever happens to you out there, rest assured it's happened to somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, indeed, and uh, there's there's plenty of entertainment in that. I think it would be worthwhile uh, making clear to to people interested in this uh, book, and I'm sure there will be many interested in this book, that it is fairly explicit in places. I mean, we, you don't hold back any holds at all, and you do talk uh, about sex toys and and the practicalities of keeping them clean and so on, as well as obviously the re relationship aspects. Yeah, it does get fairly um, straightforward in terms of sex and in terms of um, things to keep in mind uh, when you're out there. So, yeah, it, it does get a bit explicit. Um, it's not for the kiddies. No, it's definitely it's definitely not one for the for the scouting group. I don't think. But it, there are no photographs. <laughs> it doesn't need to be kept, you know, in plain brown wrapper on the top shelf. Uh, there are, but there are illustrations, but they're very humorous illustrations. I have to, I have to warn people. They're, they're great fun. Nothing too explicit in the illustrations. No, nothing. <laughs> um, well, what I do, what I do like about the book is, uh, you're right. I mean, it's the very honest. It's very uh, full of candor, and particularly uh, as you introduce the um, the reader to to the content, um, you talk about the practicalities of of relationships and relationships in the outdoors. Um, not even you know centered around sex, and then we come into the sex 
next part of it. And I think that's a, a, a good reminder for people because when you when you're used to being in the outdoors, um, it's often easy to forget that somebody that you might be introducing to uh, to to a relationship and to the experience are probably quite scared of the outdoors. Yeah, and it's um, you know when you're an outdoorsy person and you hook up with somebody new who maybe doesn't share your your past and your experiences. It's important not to um, to go so hardcore on your first time introducing them to camping that you know they never they vow to never do it again because they had such a horrible time and you scared them to death and you made them work so hard. Um, so there's a lot in the book about how to sort of ease somebody in who's maybe not comfortable yet. Yeah, I think I think it's probably true that um, most people taking a, um, a partner out for the first time will probably be male, and we we, we aren't that considerate sometimes about um, uh, preparing uh, our uh, female partners for uh, some of the shocks and practicalities. Yeah, and you really have to know your partner and read your partner's reactions to know, you know, you don't want to be patronising because. You know, there's some tough girls out there and we can carry our weight and we can, you know, help with things, um, tie knots and put up tents and all that sort of stuff. But there are, of course, the, the girly girls who, who would rather, you know, that you offered to carry all the heavy stuff or whatever it is that, that would make them feel a little special. Yeah, and, and again, I, I, you know, it is great content. I've I found it very stimulating in many respects because um, you, you, as you say, you touch on the relationship aspect and then you actually get into the practicalities of things like, um, you know, uh, smelling nice and uh, considering uh, considering the emotions of people that, that are doing it for the first time and, as you say, not overstretching the, the, uh, the ambitions and the activities uh, and how to keep clean and the practicalities of keeping clean and, and keeping looking nice so you can, can impress your partner. And one of the things that you know that struck me is, yeah, it's easy when you're when you're an old hand at this to you know when your partner's struggling with some something to make a joke out of it. And often when you're in an unfamiliar situation, something's gone wrong, and, and you're scared uh, or uncomfortable or in pain, to, to look across at your partner and see them having a laugh at your expense is the worst possible thing that can happen. So, um, yeah, and I, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, put yourself in your partner's shoes for a minute before you you poke fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It may, it may seem silly to you that she's screaming because there's a bee, um, but, you know, Maybe she's actually really afraid of bees. Yeah, yeah, yes. Or, or it's that small little thing at the end of a really, really bad day that's just t tipped her over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's just cherry pick one one um, idea from from each chapter. Now, chapter one is um, convincing your reluctant partner that camping is fun. So, give me one really good tip for for listeners. Um, I think my big tip there would be to start slow. Don't start with a, a week-long trip. Start with one night in the woods, um, somewhere that you can drive to so that the car is there as sort of a security blanket. Um, if things are going horribly wrong, you can always retreat to the car. Lovely, and and of course, when you're um, uh, you know planning the trip and actually going out and doing the trip of um, as, as we do come on to in chapter two, um, planning a trip that won't end the relationship before it starts. So um, you know you, you've you've got to talk to your partner, and, and it's a good it's a good way of finding out more about the person, isn't it? Absolutely, and uh, what they like to do and how they like to spend their time, 
And, yeah, I mean, some people, when they're camping, they like to be nice and quiet and, and have time to really enjoy the peacefulness around them. And other people like to chatter and like to catch up on things while they're out there. So you have to kind of know what your partner wants out of the experience. When you, uh, when you were researching this, did you um, find yourself uh, going out to sort of uh, popular camping places and, and, and being a voyeur and watching other couples and how they were reacting and, and sort of recognising some of the, the things that they were doing wrong? Um, to some extent, I was doing that, although, of course, your personal experience is always limiting because, you know, if, if I'm seeing another couple, they're obviously aware that somebody else is watching. Um, and they're not going to do or say the same things they would do if they were completely alone. So I relied a lot on, um, I sent out a lot of questionnaires to people asking them about their experiences, and I interviewed people asking them about their experiences, and I think that's where most of the the different stories came from. So so actually, how long has it taken to to research this, then? Um, It was the better part of a year, I guess, yeah. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the, again, coming to the practicalities of uh, Chapter 3, how to keep smelling good enough to kiss. Now, I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, us guys, no problem doing that because we're sort of manly outdoor types, but women tend to shy away from us for some reason. Yeah, there's that, that um, especially with that nice polyester um, stink that happens after a couple of days in the same top. Yeah, oh. lovely. <laughs> it's a manly <laughs> smell, surely. It, it's um, not quite... It's a different smell. It's um, it's much more pungent than the normal manly smell. Okay. Because okay. it's the it, there's a chemical reaction that happens with camping clothes <laughs> that makes them smell worse than normal clothes when yeah. they get sweaty. Yeah. So what would be a, um, a piece of advice then for for guys and for girls about um, keeping to smell good? Um. Two pieces of advice. One is if you're in a situation where there's water and it's warm out, absolutely get into the water and wash off now and then. Um, have a little swim. Um, that's where people who canoe have a, a great advantage. They can always go for a swim and, and get clean. Um, if you are a backpacker and getting into water isn't an option, um, the thing I've picked up being down in New Zealand is to wear merino wool. Apparently, it takes a lot longer to start smelling bad. Definitely, definitely, it's a good, it's a very, very good product. That certainly. Um, mm. Again, back to practicalities. The the, the book, and I'm, I know we're coming back and talking about uh, the, the contents here in detail, but I do think um, the idea that you've included um, how to create a romantic dinner for two uh, in a Ziploc bag, quite a nice idea, because it, it obviously the, the, the content of the book is, will appeal um, to just to hikers, to backpackers, and as you say, canoeists, but also car campers as well. And it's very, very easy sometimes to take things for granted. But the um, the, the creating the the, the dinner did um, did you do that uh, research yourself? Is that some of your favourite recipes? Um, many of them are my recipes. I love to cook. Um, so for me, you know, eating a nice meal after a, a day when you've been, you know, lugging around extra weight all across all kinds of terrain all day, you know, that's, that's the reward. It's, it's that great meal when you finally get where you're going. Um, so I, I've seen people eat some appalling things, um, 
great. One of the great things about New Zealand is they have all of these tramping huts, and then you get to watch what everybody else makes for dinner. Um, and I've seen people on long trips where all they're eating is sort of instant um, noodles and and peanut butter. <laughs> and I think, well, oh, I wouldn't last. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I just want to read the the opening chapter, the opening uh, paragraph to that creative romantic dinner because it made me laugh so much this morning. My, my I almost fell out of bed. I was uh, chatting to Rose. My boyfriend Gohard looks at food and sees the fuel he needs to carry on with his day. I look at food and see the reason to live. Food for people like me is a highly sensual pleasure. Yes, we needed to live, but there's so much more to it than that. In fact, the preparation and eating of food is one of the few things in life that involves all of our senses. And as its lusty relationship with eating may suggest, sex is another. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Yeah, uh, I've read that, and I said, "Well, what's wrong with just taking granola bars and and uh, a bit of chocolate and <laughs> some noodles?" And Rose was was uh, was. Um, Disagreeing with me and agreeing with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Yes, it, it's often the woman who um, who says that. Yeah, food matters. Um, chocolate matters a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now you see that 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 is a wonderful tip. Now, if I'd known that years ago, my life would have been so much easier. Don't just take one block of chocolate for the Friday night and say, "Well, there you are. There's your treat." You've got to take several blocks of chocolate to keep the girls there, happy. There must be chocolate daily. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, obviously, I know that now. I've been married for X number of years, but certainly at the time, I didn't. Yes, this is an important tip for all single men. If you are entertaining a woman on a camping trip, there must be chocolate for every day of the trip. Possibly for every meal. <laughs> yeah, every meal, certainly. Now, we're into the, the juicy bit now. Chapter 5. How to have sex in a tent without destroying it. Indeed. Now, the, uh, the, uh, I mean, you go into detail, but not too much graphic detail, but enough detail to make one think that really when you take a, 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 a partner out to, uh, for a romantic um, camping trip, you don't want to use a small one-man tent. Probably not. I mean, if you're small people and uh, and you're okay with limited space, then some people do just fine with a one-man tent. Or if you prefer not to be inside the tent, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, a little elbow room certainly wouldn't wouldn't go wrong. Um, obviously, the 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 you're you're Canadian. You're living in New Zealand, uh, and your yes. partner, I believe, is uh, South African. Yes. All three countries have got a fantastic relationship with the outdoors and also the weather that associates uh, enjoyment with the outdoors and, and the ability to, to camp um, out of doors and certainly out of the tent most, most, most parts of the year. Um, over in Europe here, we're a little bit more um, conservative regarding the weather because it can be a little bit on the, on the miserable side. Yes. So we have <laughs> New Zealand to... can be too at times. <laughs> But it's a, it's a beautiful country, an absolute beautiful yeah. country. And uh, but the 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 lifestyle really does um, support uh, sleeping under the stars, doesn't it? Um, we certainly try. It it can rain, but it doesn't seem to stop anyone here. They just have that attitude that a little rain isn't going to stop them from enjoying the outdoors. Uh, and uh, and certainly the uh, there there is nothing more romantic, if possible, than than uh, camping around a campfire and staring up at the stars um, with your partner, isn't it? Of course, yeah, I know it's lovely, and it's it's lovely to be able to share that together, that sort of experience. 
And, and I mean, as I say, you go also cover the other aspect, which is the, the luxury part, as, as far as possibly we're concerned, personally, is car camping. And, and p- these days, people seem to be taking every known modern device with them uh, out to campsites. But actually, I'm not too sure whether that actually improves their, their um, romantic prospects. Well, I don't know that it does. I guess it depends, again, on, on who you're dealing with. And some people, uh, you know, are, are into luxury and they, they want a softer bed or, um, you know, they would rather have a duvet than a sleeping bag. Um, and that's something you can do with car camping. You can bring a nice fluffy duvet instead of a, a sleeping bag. Some people don't like that feeling of the nylon against their skin. Um, and I think, really, if, if anybody, if any guy reads this book and, and then goes car camping for, particularly for a romantic weekend and, and doesn't take on many of the suggestions that you make, he really, uh, he really is beyond all hope. Yes, well, lots of chocolate and a bottle of wine and you're, you're all set to go, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, there's a, there's a lovely subsection here called Campground Sexual Etiquette. Now, what, what does that mm. mean? Well, you know, even if you have every intention of being romantic and having a great time, um, if you're in a a public campground and you're surrounded by other campers, there's a certain decorum that is required of you. And, you know, it's it's not the place to let it all hang out. Um, So you've really got to be aware of the people around you and, and, and be polite, really, is what it comes down to, not force your activities on anyone else be they vocal or mechanical yeah exactly mm, so yeah. you know just stay out of the way be reasonably quiet and and if you can't do that then go somewhere more private moving on to uh, from from car camping onto the water um again you you give a, a good chapter to uh to uh, the kayakers and the canoeists, who I think have probably got the, the, the best of all worlds, particularly in certain parts of the world where they can explore and be fairly remote compared to uh, to sort of the, the, the traditional hiking and camping routes and, and the backpacking routes and so on. Um, the, the, is that a particular passion of yours, uh, kayaking? Um, you know what, I enjoy kayaking, but I have not a lot of experience with it. Most of my kayaking has been day trips, and I would love to do more. Um, my partner isn't so keen on it, though. He would rather backpack. And the, uh, the, the particular technique that you've described in the, uh, in the boat, in the, in the chapter about making love in a boat um, or in a canoe, it does sound, does sound rather appealing. So I'd love to know where you got that detail from. Um, a few different places. Um, I did get some feedback from people who I who I uh, spoke to for the book about how they had gone about it, um, and also a little bit of internet research. Um, yeah, just a few different um, few different sources there. When you when you were doing your research, did, did there was was there anything that actually shocked you and really surprised you? Um, I don't know about shocked. Um, Something surprised me. There was a couple who said they had actually made love up a tree, and I couldn't quite figure out how they managed that. Um, (laughs) A couple little surprises. People who said that they always get a pedicure before they go on a trip, and I thought, wow, you know, that seems over the top to have your toenails painted. But whatever makes you happy, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. And has has it um, ha- has the amount of research that you've done and some of the ideas that perhaps you may not have considered yourself when you're compiling them all together, has that um, put a different spin on your uh, personal um, activities outdoors? I've definitely, um, yeah, taken some of the advice to heart, um, and it has made me think think about things that I may not have thought of before. And, um, and and even things like, you know, people told me how they go about helping each other do things like cross a, a river and things like that, that, you know, everybody's got their little tricks and you, you might not think of them yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's quite uh, it's quite interesting. Certainly, the 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 romantic um, part of I mean, it, it, although the the title of the book is "Sex in a Tent," which sounds very blunt, actually, there's a, there's a lot in here which is practical advice about being courteous and being um, uh, a, a positive partner uh, in a relationship, and also um, maintaining romance, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, especially with people who've been camping all their lives you sort of grow up feeling like camping is is a time where, where sex doesn't come into it and romance doesn't come into it. It's all being with your buddies or your family or whoever it is that you grew up camping with. And when a romantic partner comes into the picture, you're not quite how to sure, sure how to combine your romantic life with your camping life because they've never met before. Mm. Mm, definitely, definitely. Well, I think uh, I think the, the the sections where you actually remind us Neanderthal men that um, that there is another aspect to it apart from there must get there as fast as possible, as quick as possible, and just eat eat rubbish food on the way. Uh, I think it's 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 a it's a, a an eye opening book, definitely. Yeah, uh, there is sometimes an attitude that the faster you get there and the more you suffer, the more successful the trip has been. Um, and usually it's the men who feel that way. And, yeah, a lot of women certainly won't enjoy that trip. I just don't understand that. I really don't understand that. Uh-huh. Suffering, despite popular opinion, is not part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that men from Mars business again, I think. I definitely. <laughs> I think so. You mentioned some of the practicalities of things like uh, shiwis and and um, uh, moon cups and so on for for women. Um, you mm. know, you have gone into detail, and as I say, there's there's been no elaboration about it. It's this is what's available for for people to to help them in certain situations, as much as uh, using sort of uh, um, wet wipes and and uh, such things to to keep yourself smelling fresh and clean and so on. Um, yeah. And and on top of that, you've also sort of looked at some of the um, romantic campsites around the world, which I, I thought was a really nice. Nice touch. Mm, yeah, well, it's you know that's half the struggle is deciding where to go, I think. And uh, while well, this is um, being published out of America, so there are a lot of American um, resources there. I also went around the world because I think people who once you start really getting into camping as a couple, then that's something you can do for your more significant vacations as well as just getting away for the weekend you can plan dream trips you can go to alaska together you can go to africa and camp together you can go to southeast asia and camp together and and those are the really amazing unforgettable trips yeah i think uh, i think one falls into the trap um of just doing it in your home country because you're com- comfortable with um the, uh, your surroundings and where you are and what you can and can't do that a lot of us probably don't consider it as being a, a holiday activity when you go to another country, certainly. 
Yeah, I think that's been one of the eye-openers of living in New Zealand is that when you go um, camping here, you meet people from all over the world who have come here to go camping. And um, and it makes you think, well, gee, you know, there's a lot of places where, you, where you'd want to do that. And for, you know, for somebody from down here, it's maybe a dream to go camping in the Alps. Yeah, yeah. And again, you, you do cover quite a few uh, countries there and, and make some suggestions, which certainly would um, open people's eyes. And I mean, thanks to the Internet these days, doing research um, for people who are interested in taking their partner somewhere different like that is actually much easier, isn't it? It is. And, you know, to a certain extent, you you have to do your homework because you can't rely on, you know, a tourism website to really tell you what it's going to be like. You have to find out um, from people who have done it. Yeah. Um, and and with people blogging so much these days, it can actually be quite easy to do that. You can find somebody who's done the exact trip that you're thinking of doing and find out how hard it really is and, you know, what, what the accommodations are actually like and that sort of thing. Uh, talking of blogging, I know that you're you're a blogger yourself and, and you've got your website, so we must mention, uh, must mention that and where your blog is. But uh, um, how many bloggers have you now found that you sort of tap into on a regular basis to, to see what everybody else is doing around the world? Um, it's strangely addictive um, <laughs> because I started out just sort of, you know, keeping in touch with friends through their blogs and now I've got at least a dozen that I check, you know, regularly. Um, and you find some wonderful things. Um, so yeah, it's actually become part of my routine to, you know, check in on, on at least a dozen outdoors blogs every day to see what's up. What, what I find interesting is the, uh, is the fact that one blogger opens the door to several others, which I hadn't realized were there. Yeah, it's, it's quite an amazing little network and, and you do discover new blogs all the time through other ones that have linked together. And and what is your blog website? My blog website is loveinatent, all one word, um, dot blogspot dot com. Excellent. Well, you'll have a sudden rush of people, I'm sure, suddenly logging onto there to see what juicy pictures you've got on there. <laughs> There's no nude pictures on it, <laughs> uh, but there are some very pretty pictures on it. So do come by. The, uh, the 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 other bloggers then and, and people that you're reading now I, I should imagine there are I know there's lots of bloggers that listen listen to these podcasts they'll be curious to know who who they are who's being watched as it were who's being whose lives are being dipped into <laughs> uh, do you is, is it predominantly a sort of um, North American uh, people you keep in touch with or do you actually sort of dip into the UK people and the the Australians and so on. Um, I have been keeping track of a few UK ones. Um, I uh, I follow Chris Townsend's blog um, and a couple of others. And in the States, I follow um, Two Heel Drive, which is Tom Mangan's blog, um, along with a couple of other people there. I um, I like the Best Hike blog. They often have some, some really interesting places to check out, um, sort of dream destinations. And I know uh, you, you did an interview with Chris Townsend, didn't you? I did, yeah. he was. Um, we were hoping to coordinate something where he would write a little blurb that would go on the back cover of my book. Um, but timing didn't work out, and we didn't get the book to him in time. Um, so that didn't happen, but we ended up connecting so that I could um, have a little chat with him about his 
partner and camping together, which was really cool because if you read Chris Townsend's books, um, it sounds like he's always alone, but he isn't. He has a partner, and they do uh, they do go outdoors together. Yeah, well, I thought that was a really nice touch because, uh, as you say, I mean, the the impression uh, that one has of of Chris is uh, certainly from his books is the, is this you know the outdoor man uh, conquering all great distances, carrying whatever he needs to carry, you know, and the a man I- alone in the woods. Yeah, yeah, and it's I think it's really nice and honest of Chris to admit that uh, you know that he does enjoy company. Mm-hmm. As most of us do. Yeah, yes, indeed, indeed. It uh yes, indeed. In fact, uh, uh, any trip shared with somebody I think is um is a is a great pleasure, isn't it? And I think, you know, for people like that who do so many of these trips alone, I think it, it for me it would be frustrating to not be able to communicate my experience with somebody I loved. It would be, you know, difficult to not share it. It certainly, I think it certainly enhances experiences, certainly the, the experiences uh, we've had. It's always been pleasurable to be able to um, refer to it in you know, years to come, really, and just remember when, which is, which is really nice. One thing I do like, is, as you conclude the book, is that you give a good sort of um, range of contacts into, and uh, via the internet, obviously, for books and toys and ideas for, for outdoor couples, as well as uh, resources for, for, um, for heterosexual, gay and lesbian couples, um, plus the, the, the camping links, uh, and right down to, to gear and clothing. Is there anybody that's, that's making sort of, um, uh, what should we say, sexy outdoor clothing at all? Well, you know, uh, the outdoor clothing companies have finally clued in that people like to actually look good um, when they're in the woods. And um, and there are a few companies um, entering the field. Uh, one American company called Prana um, does uh, clothing mainly for rock climbers. Um, that's quite, a, you know, it's attractive enough that if you wandered back into town wearing it, nobody would look twice. Um, and also, you know, uh, companies like Patagonia are, you know, they're producing thong underwear, um, which is a bit of a surprise to, to a lot of people. Um, so people are, are taking those technical outdoor type fabrics and making things that, that look kind of hot. Yeah, yeah. And I presume they're, they're obviously um, gaining in popularity. Yeah, uh, well, the uh, the man who started up Prana said to me, you know, he thought it was it was one of the smartest things they ever did to start paying attention to their female customers because he said, you know, if the girls like something, they buy one in every color. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yes, by being yeah. surrounded by girls here, that is very, very true. Yes. Well, um, I know the book is is about to be launched uh, across the world. Um, here we are at the uh, the beginning of uh, October. Um, uh, where where can people uh, around the world get it from? I've I've seen it on Amazon for about uh, in the UK. I think it's about seven pounds fifty, something like that. Uh, but where else can people get hold of the book? Well, in the UK, um, it is on Amazon, and um, it's being distributed by um, Cordy, and they should have it into some of the outdoor shops, I'm hoping. Um, and then in the US, it's um, it's also on Amazon, of course, and, um, and it will be in all of the REI stores. Um, so that's almost 100 stores across the US. Um, and then around the world, um, definitely available online. Um, has distribution um, in Canada and Australia and New Zealand in shops as well. So uh, keep an eye out if your local camping shop carries books and doesn't have the book, ask them because yeah. they should be able to stock it. 
And as you've uh, obviously sent advanced copies of this book out to, to various people around the world, myself being one of them, what, what's been the attitude and the feedback that you've had from different countries? Has there been sort of a, a certain um, response that's been typical of a country? Could you, could you generalise like that? I don't think there's a typical response. I think, um, if anything, the U.S., which is funny because this is coming out of the U.S., um, from the, the publishers there, uh, the U.S. has had the most um, concerned response in terms of, oh, I don't know if we can actually show this book to customers sort of thing. Um, but that's mostly by people who haven't actually seen it. They just see the title and they get a little concerned. Um, but the people who have actually seen the book, who have actually seen the content, have thought, oh, you know, this isn't a problem at all. This will be great. This will sell. <laughs> so the Americans have actually been more conservative than, than anybody else? Yeah, which doesn't really surprise me. There is a concern always there that um, that you'll cross a line, that somebody will hold a boycott or something, you know, um, because people do get up in arms about things very quickly there. Well, Michelle, must congratulate you on your first book. It it is a um, it's a, an absorbing read. I have to say, it's an absorbing read, oh, and, and one which will be on my reference shelf for for many years to come, I'm sure. Now, this is your first book, and and I know that most authors, as they sort of get two-thirds of the way through their first book, suddenly get their idea for the second one. So do you have anything on the uh, on the back burner at the moment for the second book? Um, I am actually working on another book right now, um, not directly related to this one, but it's, um, it's a guide for uh, people thinking of migrating to New Zealand called um, Living Abroad in New Zealand. Well, well, it's uh, it certainly would be worth making the trip because I, I remember from my time in New Zealand that you can never be more than sixty miles away from the mountains or the mountains or the beach because it's only one hundred and twenty miles wide. So I remember going skiing in the morning and swimming on the beach and surfing in the afternoon. I just couldn't get my head around that at all. It it is a unique and wonderful land. Yeah, it's a yeah, and I presume it's still only got what three three million people uh, living it's in it. It's up to four million now. Yes, four million. And it's roughly the same physical size as the UK. So if you can imagine the UK with only 4 million people in it, that's how spread out New Zealand are. Yeah, I think we've probably got about 3 or 4 million unemployed, actually. <laughs> um, so are you, are you planning to, to stay in New Zealand now for, for some time, or are you going back to Canada? Um, I'll be here indefinitely, actually. I haven't quite decided whether I am going back to Canada. And uh, I've still got a lot of New Zealand to see. Yes, yeah, yes. Are you in the North or the South Island? I'm on the North Island, but I'm on the South End of the North Island in Wellington. And uh, yeah, hoping this summer, um, summer is just coming our way. Um, so we're we're really hoping this summer to do a lot of um, camping on the South Island and checking out a lot of the national parks down there. Well, it's a wonderful country, and I wish you all the best in your in your travels and, and your camping experiences. And, uh, and, and, and don't forget the manual, to take the manual with you. Um, yeah. And uh, to, to remind yourself, or particularly your partner, exactly how he should be treating you. Yes, I'll just shout out random page numbers. <laughs> now, what would people be thinking on a campsite when they hear you <laughs> shouting numbers? <laughs> I don't know, but it would be fun. <laughs> Great. Well, lovely speaking to you, Michelle. I wish you all the best. Okay, thank you very much. As you heard, the book is available now around the world via Amazon and a select number of distributors. The perfect gift, not just at Christmas, but all year round, to make any outdoor trip more fun for romantic adult couples.
the direct links to the book and Michelle's blog, plus the music used in this podcast, see the show notes on theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Whoever said the outdoors is boring? See you next time. Take care. Bye. This independent program has been brought to you by The Outdoor Station, the exciting new way to see and hear free information about the outdoors world. If you're a blogger or if you have a website, you can now incorporate any of these podcasts directly to your site, completely free. Visit our website, theoutdoorstation.co.uk, for more information. 